Well, guys, they did it. PlayStation and Gorilla Games actually got me to like Horizon, even if it was only for like a 20-minute section of this 15-hour DLC expansion that costs 20 bucks. The rest of it's pretty mid. I'm going to explain. I've made my opinion on the Horizon franchise known at this point. I feel like in general, they are 8 out of 10 games. They're good. They're not great. They're obsessed with making Aloy big, strong, and a badass and sacrifice any sort of humanity or vulnerability. And as a result, as a character, I just don't really give a crap about her either which way. In addition, they have some really weird choices and methodologies when it comes to open world design, leaning much closer towards Ubisoft in terms of sprinkling in an ocean of collectibles over leaning towards, say, the stylings of Bethesda Game Studios or CD Projekt Red. And if you don't believe me, I mean, just look at the map for Forbidden West. It's practically an ocean of interactable objects. And specifically, the thing that drives me the craziest is if we hide everything, go campfires, and then let, let's just check all of the machines. The sheer number of fast travel locations in the form of campfires is totally egregious. Like, why are all of these here? If we hide all the machines, Look how many are here. Campfires are used mainly for fast traveling to a specific location or from that location if you don't want to use a fast travel kit, which is ridiculous because you can craft them for practically nothing. And they're also used as quick save locations, which is why if we mark the beast and machine uh, locations as well, you can see even with that, this doesn't make any sense. Look right here. There are three campfires in like a 10 second radius of running between each other. There's no reason for there to be fast travel locations this close together. And if you're saying, oh, they're to quick save for enemy encounters like this. Okay, even still, there really doesn't need to be this many. This is ridiculous. The, the whole methodology for placing things in the world seems totally screwed up and it really hurts Horizon as an open world franchise because it makes the world's extremely tedious to go through. However, we just got the Burning Shores DLC, which promised to be an expansion to the base game that took you to Los Angeles as the volcanic activity erupts and spews lava every which way. And it was very intriguing when I first saw the trailer. Furthermore, they also said that this was going to be exclusive to the PlayStation 5. If you don't recall, Horizon Forbidden West was announced and released on the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5. It was cross-generational, but this DLC is exclusive to the PlayStation 5. So you have to wonder, why are they choosing to make it exclusive? And for me and everybody else with two brain cells to rub together, it's very clear that's so that they can do something in the DLC that they couldn't do in the base game because it was not technologically possible. And I'm very happy to report that there is a thing they do that I'm going to show in a little bit after a spoiler warning that is phenomenal. Literally the coolest moment in either of these games and their DLCs it basically saves the entire expansion and made me like Horizon for a fleeting moment. And then, of course, Aloy had to <laughs> start talking and, like, totally ruin it with terrible writing that kills all tension, the moment, everything. We're going to talk about it. Of course, it goes without saying this is going to go through the entire expansion. I'm going to show you a little bit of everything. So 
spoiler warning the dlc is super short i put seven and a half hours in to get through the main story but that included a bunch of grinding and hunting for crafting components to get better gear and uh like upgrade my armor and stuff like that so that is probably a little generous honestly if you were rushing just the story you probably get through it if you enter around level 40 in about five to six hours it's very very short and besides that there's about three side quests and then everything else is checklisted ubisoft open world garbage so it's a very small expansion even for $20. If you're a real big fan of Horizon as a franchise, I think you'll probably enjoy it and you'll probably have a good time, honestly. In which case, go for it, spend the 20 bucks. As long as you know what you're getting into, it's not that much, but it has a badass ending sequence, you're probably gonna have a pretty good time. But if you're a more casual fan like me, or if you don't really love Horizon, this probably isn't gonna do anything to change your mind entirely, other than a cool, like, oh wow that's awesome moment that will happen for about 60 seconds at the end of the game during the final sequence but enough hemming and hawing let's just get into it and talk specifics i'm done with this as i mentioned this dlc takes you to los angeles at the start of the expansion you're told that londra one of the zeniths from the base game has been unaccounted for since the ending events of the base game's main story he's been tracked to what is formerly los angeles or what is now known as the burning shores and is basically operating a cult here it's like a whole thing as a villain he kind of sucks he shows up like twice talks a little bit you hear a ton of people talking about him I don't know if he's played by some famous actor who was super expensive or if maybe he lived in a van down by the river and he couldn't make it into the recording studio enough I don't know but he's like barely in the expansion hardly at all so it's really tough to feel motivated to like go get him and take him down because he's just not here it's like game of thrones and the dragons for the first handful of seasons like okay you're still talking about the dragons but it's really hard to be like excited about the dragons when all you're doing is talking about them like can we just see them can you bring them as long as you're talking about it i don't really care you know we just really need to know about the dragons but they never seem to show up oh they're coming the dragons are on their way all told i was pretty disappointed by this guy and in terms of motivation for completing the main story there's not a lot other that is than helping your new companion, Seika. I will say I really like Seika. I think she's written really well and the actress's performance is top notch. My only critique is that she doesn't get enough screen time to really flex her acting chops against Aloy, but I'm sure we're going to see her again in the third game or maybe another DLC down the road. Though I do want to say I think it's very, very unlikely we get another DLC to this game, especially after how lackluster this one was. It's clear they're moving on to other projects. But Seika has a story that motivates Aloy's actions through the main campaign pain so if she doesn't want to try and save the world from this Londra guy she can do it to help out her new friend and honestly for me that's what motivated most of my actions I didn't give a crap about stopping Londra because I have no reason to really believe he's a big bad terrible dude other than that he's a zenith which I know they're powerful from the base game and that everybody keeps talking about him but I haven't seen him at all so there's no real emotional tie there. And following up with Seika, it shows just how powerful companions can be in a game such as this. As I mentioned earlier, I generally don't feel for Aloy at all. I find the writing related to her character painfully stiff. I don't know why, but the writers over at Gorilla seem terrified of giving her any sort of human emotions or true vulnerabilities. They played around with it for the first few hours of Horizon Zero Dawn, when Aloy first sets out on her journey, but she very quickly gets a big ol' head on her 
shoulders and becomes convinced she can do absolutely anything. And because she's the protagonist in a video game, of course she can. And in Forbidden West, she's even more insufferable. However, I'm starting to think that that isn't necessarily because Aloy as a character human in this world is insufferable. I think it's more that we very rarely get to see her for extended periods of time playing off of other people that bring out the good in her. This is a problem with a lot of open world adventure games. Think of something like Days Gone, where you have a protagonist who's rough and gritty, but because they're out adventuring, they never really have the chance to shine or show their good traits in addition to their bad ones. As a result, you just have a character that mumbles to themselves as you go through the motions of an open world game. Now, Naughty Dog has actually found a fix for this and they've been doing it for well over a decade, and that is companion quests, where you spend an extended period of time with one character tied to your player character, and you go through the motions of world exploration combat and narrative exposition and you do so with this other character that bounces ideas off of you and helps you grow see a different side of the character and bind with them it's great and in the burning shores we actually get to see this exact system play out between Aloy and Seika there are multiple quests and missions that you'll go on together bouncing ideas off of each other chatting sharing stories and discussing what comes next the relationship is still pretty rushed I would say as you would expect with a narrative that's only about five hours most of which you're engaging in combat and exploration that's not even just five hours of like narrative exposition so it certainly feels like they were clipping this along at a very quick pace which is why when the kiss comes around at the very end of the dlc it feels all the more out of place yeah if you aren't aware there's like mass downvoting going on for horizon forbidden west because of uh, a kiss that you can choose to pursue as Aloy with Seika. It's really, really dumb that we're dealing with this in 2023. But uh, I mean, mass downvoting, hundreds and hundreds of dried up incels that are upset that Aloy kissed a girl, or rather has the option of kissing a girl. Like you don't even have to. Like guys, have you played have you played Mass Effect? Have you played like any of these RPG games? Like, what are you talking about? Like what? In Mass Effect, like you can straight up finger an alien. And in this game, you have the option to maybe kiss a girl. And this is what upsets you. Like, <laughs> that's not God's way. Two girls kissing. The aliens are fine. But this, no, no, no. <laughs> My problem with it is that it really feels as though their relationship hasn't organically grown to this point where this would be motivated between two characters it just doesn't feel like they're there yet it feels like they were trying to get this big emotional payoff at the end of the dlc if you want it and then in the next game they can explore it further if they choose to do that but really they needed another five hours or so of exploring of discussing and talking and bonding in my mind to get to this point where this kiss and romantic interest would feel justified. I mean, they basically just met and already Aloy's like, I'll never forget you at the end of it. It's really weird. Once again, boys and girls, this is what happens when you decide on what the plot points are going to be for the end of the story before you've even started writing it. Like when you decide, hey, let's give Aloy a love interest and then you pair them up and then you work backwards and like, okay, well, how do we write the story so we can get her to that point? It feels very contrived because it is. It feels really forced 
because it is. But you know what? Let's talk about some of the stuff that this DLC does really, really well. The recreation of Los Angeles is beautiful. The volcanic activity and lava spewing everywhere is gorgeous. Geysers spouting up from the ground underneath is a super cool addition, allowing you to open up your glider so that you can actually float up the geyser and get to hard to reach areas without pulling out your sunwing. And of the few new additions, there is a new bad boy called a bile gut, which spews out little bile gut babies and takes the form of a massive frog. And this guy has gotten a lot of crap. A lot of people hate him with a passion from what I can tell amongst those who have played this DLC. However, I think he's actually pretty cool. And as long as you're not playing on like the super hardest difficulty or as long as you're not super underleveled, they're not excessively difficult. I thought that they shook up the formula a little bit and I thought they were a good addition. I really liked this guy. When it comes to other additions, this expansion is incredibly lacking. In fact, if you go through the subreddit to see what people are saying about this expansion, many of them are counting the little bile gut babies as their own individual machine addition to the expansion because the count is so low. Which to be clear, I would not include in the count of like new machines to the expansion or World of Horizon because they're literally an expulsion, an ejaculation from a bile gut. Like these things are not individual machines, come on. But in addition to these we have water wings now which are basically just sun wings that can swim which is used once during the entire story and the massive final boss fight robot Horus. And for similar reasons, I also wouldn't really count Horus as his own individual machine because you fight him once during a main story sequence and then it's over and done. So it's not really like a new machine that will repeat and you can encounter multiple times. It's one thing for the main story. Like, that's it. In fact, it was really, really hard for me to make a list of new things in this expansion because there really are not new things like at all. In fact, there's many things that are just missing outright here that were present, for example, in the Frozen Wilds DLC that we got for Horizon Zero Dawn. There are very few new machines. There are no tall necks walking around the map. Some have said this is because there are massive towers that shoot down your Sunwing when you first arrive, and presumably they would also shoot down the tall necks if they were present. But listen, that's not like my fault that they wrote in an excuse not to have them. Like they still don't have them. You know, like it would be like if I were releasing a feature length film and then the feature length film just doesn't have half of the frame, just like from here down, it's just black. You would see that and be like, oh, clearly something went wrong. This is terrible. This is stupid. And then what if I told you, oh no, it's an artistic statement about how there's a duality between what is seen and unseen. So it's supposed to make you think about the artistic value of expression and and unheard voices, you'd be like, cool, but half the frames got like that. It still sucks. I get what you were trying to do or that you explained it away, but it's still stupid. <laughs> it's the exact same thing with like Death Stranding, not having any animals, even though we see them in the opening cutscene, And then Kojima stands coming along and saying, oh, well, it's because the animals fled when the time fall came and there's a shifting of the polarity of the Kojima coordinates of something and you can sort of explain it away it's like cool you explained it away but it's it still sucks like it's still stupid you know just because you can come up with an excuse for something that's bad 
doesn't mean that that bad thing is now okay. In addition to the lack of any sort of tall neck for exploration or clearing the map, there are no hunting grounds and of all of the side quests, there are three and one of them is basically just another encampment clearing side quest, which could have been placed anywhere in the base game's map. There are new boats to jet around in. You can sail these things around if you don't want to fly using your sun or water wing. And there are a handful of new characters that you'll encounter, but they very rarely get extended periods on screen. And I never felt as though I had built any sort of relationship with anyone in this expansion except for Seika. And that's why it's such a good thing that Seika is written well. And in terms of gameplay, she's actually useful and not frustrating. I actually, on multiple occasions, was really, really glad to have have her as a companion during these quests because she has a rope caster and can actually pin down machines while they're hopping around the level. And it's just another example of how having a companion can actually build a relationship between the player and that character at the same time that that player character is building a relationship with them. You can do all of these things at once just by tying them into the gameplay and making them a part of that organic process. In terms of general combat difficulty, as I said, I thought that this wasn't an overly difficult expansion as long as you go into it at a proper level and are paying attention to your gear. You can, of course, crank the difficulty levels if you are a masochist. But as I've said before, I've never found Horizon to be that satisfying on higher difficulty levels. It just comes off as more tedious to me. Granted, that is entirely subjective. That's just my opinion. After trying it, I'm much more comfortable on the normal difficulty setting that the game defaults to. I've seen what some of the people are capable of that play these Horizon games on the super hard difficulty settings and geez, you guys are sweaty. I will never be as good as you. I'm admitting it now. I will never get that good. So I've just accepted that I will play it on normal and have a good time while doing it instead of playing on the higher levels and just hating myself. <laughs> but you know what? Enough hemming and hawing about it. What is the thing that actually made me like Horizon for a brief period? What made me go, oh, I'm here for this? Well, it's the final, final encounter during the DLC. We actually get to fight a Horus machine. These are the machines that we've seen all over these games since Horizon Zero Dawn, poking out of the bedrock and the mountaintops. This is why the DLC couldn't come to PlayStation 4. Getting this running must have been incredibly difficult, especially with all of the destructible environments and everything sprinkled into this expansion on top of it. And I just wanna say, this is awesome. I think this in terms of scope and scale is better than almost anything that any other developer has been doing recently. The only other games I could compare it to would be something like the rat sequence at the end of a Plague Tale Requiem. And listen, I'm a player who loves scale. I love big epic things happening in video games for my amusement. And honestly, because Horizon is such a beautiful franchise with the Decima engine running it, I think it is a franchise that is primed to focus on these huge set pieces and crazy large scale encounters. And that's what they've done occasionally with some boss encounters and uh, boss fights with massive machines and stuff. And when they do that, it's awesome. However, a lot of the games are spent instead running through open fields or forests, going through different cave systems or old abandoned buildings of old. And it often to me just feels as though we only get the occasional taste of what Horizon and Gorilla are really, really good at, which are those massive set piece, crazy large scale 
encounters with machines and robots that just leave your jaw on the floor. This ending machine with the horse is amazing. It really, really is. Visually, I can't think of anything quite on this level. It's beautiful. It's fantastically well animated. It runs super smooth without any sort of hitching. I really can't talk this thing up enough. It really made me go, oh crap, when I saw it in a good way and I was here for it. I love this. This is so cool. Some people have complained and dinged this expansion saying that this final boss encounter is super clunky. I will agree it's a little clunky, but honestly, I don't think there is a way to have an encounter like this that isn't a little clunky. Even if you go back to something like Shadow of the Colossus with those massive encounters against the Colossi, those were a little clunky, but they were epic in scale and beautiful to boot. So it sort of excused that, if that makes sense. So in my mind, I'm okay with a little bit of clunk as long as it's epic and beautiful enough to justify that clunkiness. So I don't have a problem with the fact that, yeah, in order to defeat this, you have to wait for the weak points to reveal themselves. Yeah, I mean, if you have a better idea for how to do this, let me know. What do you want her to do? Like just plink away? at it with like her little wooden arrows at random spots and then have a health bar slowly drop. Like, come on, dude. This is why you might've noticed whenever I critique a game or I have a problem with some major design element, I try to recommend some alternative or I try to have an alternative in mind in case somebody asks me, what would you do about it then? Because otherwise we're just like bitching and moaning for no reason. And for me to be like, oh, well this boss encounters clunky and that's bad. It would be so stupid of me to do that if I didn't have some alternative. And honestly, I don't think there is a way to do an encounter like this that isn't clunky. However, like I said, Aloy pretty much immediately spoils this by talking and ruining the tone. Seriously, this is something that frustrates the hell out of me, not just with Horizon, but with so many games nowadays where it feels like everybody wants to have their characters be the Chris Pratt's, or I should say Star-Lords of the Guardians of the Galaxy, but in this world, or they want them all to be Paul Rudd, just like sort of half joking, or Andrew Garfield in The Amazing Spider-Man. They want all of their protagonists to just take nothing seriously because it's funny and kind of, oh, they're so witty and, oh, that's so crazy. I cannot stand it. Like, look at this monstrosity. If any of us saw this, we would be actually crapping our pants. There would be an ocean of diarrhea flowing down this mountainside as the robot crawled down. I don't care if you're Aloy. I don't care if you've killed robot T-Rexes. This is on a whole other level. This is an actual football stadium sized monstrosity climbing above you, okay? It doesn't matter what your experience is. This is insane. And how does Aloy react to it? Well, by cracking one-liners the entire time, joking around with her new girlfriend, while Seika is also cracking jokes and not seemingly taking it too seriously. Like, you realize this machine is responsible for the deaths of, like, billions of people, even if we're being super conservative about it. Hundreds of millions of people. And you're probably next and you're just gonna be like, whoa, this thing's fun to fly as you're flying on your, your water wing. Like, come on. <laughs> it drives me crazy. And once again, it's another example of the writers over at Gorilla taking some things like Aloy being a badass super seriously. And then other things like a giant death machine that's crawling across the crust of the earth that, yeah, that's silly. We can be kind of lighthearted with that. It just doesn't work for me. It 
kills the tone, it kills the tension, it kills the stakes, and it makes me not take it as seriously because I'm like, well, if they aren't taking it seriously, why should I? And frankly, the encounter is over as soon as it began. Luckily, this thing collapses on land, so you get to see it as you continue exploring the burning shores for however much longer that is. There are a handful of new locations to find, but most of this map is water. And frankly, there's just not a lot to do. Horizon has always struggled with being a really beautiful ocean with seemingly scores of fish within it. But upon closer examination, you see it is a beautiful ocean, but it's only two inches deep. And all of those schools of fish you saw are minnows just kind of flopping about as they gasp for air with their impending doom ever more obvious and clear. I really want to like Horizon because it is so beautiful, because they do have so many interesting systems that are all going on at once, and because they focus occasionally on this crazy big scale and scope. But so often, they just shoot themselves in the foot, and maybe it's a lack of experience in this realm, maybe it's this hubris or lack of self-examination or something, or maybe it's something as simple as, I'm a weird one, and I am just not the target audience. Maybe I just expect different things. There's clearly a ton of people that love Horizon. And while I'm over here, I'm like, yeah, it's good. It's fine. It's not great. It's not amazing. It's like pretty good, but it's not great. Maybe, maybe I'm the weird one. Maybe I'm the weird one. I don't know. Let me know in the comments. I'm sure people who are very, very into Horizon, uh, left the video a while ago and already left their thoughts down there. So <laughs> I, I guess we can look forward to seeing those in the comment section. Ooh, it's going to be spicy, I'm sure. But listen, if you go over to the Horizon subreddit, you're going to see that there's a ton of hardcore fans that are also generally disappointed with this expansion, especially when you compare it directly to the Frozen Wilds DLC that we got for Horizon Zero Dawn, which was, by most accounts, bigger. It had more variability of activities. It had more things to do and get lost in. And just in general, it was bigger and badder. And then this one really feels phoned in. It feels as though it's a $20 expansion that's built around this one encounter at the very end of the game. And honestly, that one encounter is awesome, but it's very short-lived. And you just have to decide whether or not you think 20 bucks is worth a really awesome 20 minutes of your time. And some new weapons, to be fair. There's, there's a new weapon that you put on your arm and then it's like a Zenith weapon and you can target a location and then fire these like rocket things at it it's really useful for like quickly breaking weak points on big machines honestly it kind of breaks the combat system like entirely <laughs> if i'm being real like it just totally breaks it but it's fun and you know there's stuff to do here it was interesting to go back to horizon but honestly at the end of it i'm left feeling the same way i did as i went in horizon's good not great and this expansion is good not great and frankly if you can wait a couple of months it's going to go on sale for 10 bucks just like the last one did after a few months and at ten dollars this thing's a steal i would probably just wait for that but if you played it let me know what you thought of it in the comment section below i'm interested to hear your thoughts also let me know if you're interested in hearing my thoughts on dead island 2. i want to cover the game but i've heard that it is a monetization nightmare 
and pretty much if you make a video it will be demonetized so I'm not sure if I want to justify like the time and expense to make a video but if enough of you want to see it I'll just say screw it we'll do it whatever we'll lose money on it I don't care but only if you guys actually want to see it so let me know what you think in the comments and of course come over to Luke Stevens live just search Luke Stevens live in the search bar come over hang out with me I'm live when this video goes up so come say hi but with that I'm gonna call it there thank you for watching I love y'all dearly I'll see you in the next one hugs and kisses Bye-bye.